This episode of The Real Fit Podcast is brought to you by The Real Nourished Newsletter. Real Nourished, reinventing your relationship with food, is for you if you are ready to stop micromanaging your food and exercise so you can start fully showing up to your life. Each biweekly issue features evidence-based tools that will help reduce your food-related anxiety, improve your body image, and help you embrace exercise as a form of nourishment, not punishment. When you subscribe, you'll get my free guide, 11 Things You Can Do Right Now to Feel Better About Your Body. To get in on it, just click on the link in the show notes or visit my website, pam-more.com. Hi, welcome back to The Real Fit Podcast. This is your host, Pam Moore, coming to you from Boulder, Colorado, where I live. I wanted to share with you a little bit about why I started the podcast. I have been obsessed with stories for as long as I can remember. My parents said that I started reading when I was four. I don't exactly remember it, but I do know that I have always loved libraries. I find them to be like the most peaceful place. I just, I could spend hours in a library. When I moved to Boulder in 2008, one of the first places I visited was, you guessed it, the public library. I had literally driven for four days straight and I hadn't even found a place to live yet. And I was asking my Garmin GPS, this was like before we had smartphones, I was telling the Garmin GPS to find me the library. (laughs) I love reading stories. I read a ton of books. I also love telling stories and I really love hearing other people's stories. I have been called nosy, but I like to think that I am fascinated by humanity. The thing about stories is they connect us. So I want to share with you a little story about me. If you know me, you probably know that I'm most happy when I'm outside, swimming, biking, running. I at one point was an avid triathlete. I've done marathons. I love all that stuff. But that was not always the case. As a kid, I was way more into stories than sports. Hated anything that required me to throw or catch a ball. I was picked last for every single team. Like I was that kid that dreaded gym class. Um, One time in high school, I remember the gym teacher gave us a unit of walking. Like all you had to do was show up and walk. And I was like, this is my jam. I can do this. There's no balls, just walking. (laughs) But I remember in middle school just struggling to complete even a mile for the required state fitness test. And when I was in high school, I decided to play lacrosse, which I'm still scratching my head, like wondering why I did that, because it was just as terrible as you would probably expect um, for somebody with my athletic resume. And there are two things that I remember from that experience really distinctly. The first was in 10th grade. At this point, I'd been playing for a couple of years. And to be clear, I'm using the word playing really generously because during practices, I would pretty much hide from the ball whenever possible. And during games, I would pretty much sit on the bench the whole entire time. And if I did get in the game, it would be maybe the last two to five minutes when we were up by about 10 points. I'm not even exaggerating. So 
It's 10th grade. We're on the way home from a game with our biggest rival. It was a really, really, really tight game. We won by a point in the last couple of minutes. It was a huge deal. And there's this celebratory vibe. And somebody got onto the van with a bag of hot McDonald's French fries. So we're riding back in the van and everyone's passing around these fries. And when the bag got to me, I went to put my hand in to grab one and the mean girl, right? Every every high school has their mean girl, maybe more than one, but this girl was gorgeous. She was a good athlete. She was popular. She was mean. I'm not going to name her. Let's just call her mean girl numero uno. Mean girl numero uno stopped me as I was mid grab and she goes, um, Pam, why don't you save the fries for the people who actually played? So my hand is like in the air, mid-grab, and I looked around and just wished that I could disappear into the floorboards of the van. I wanted to be anywhere but there. I was mortified. So I kind of looked around put my hand back in my lap and with my other hand I passed the bag to the girl next to me and pretended like I didn't care which is hilarious because I obviously cared I'm still talking about it <laughs> I couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast this morning and I remember that moment like it was yesterday and I was I must have been 15 and I'm now 42 so you can do the math on that that's not really my strong point but you get what I'm saying so that was the first thing that distinctly comes to mind when I think about the three years I spent on the lacrosse team. It was three years, not four, because as much as I didn't want to quit by my senior year, I couldn't deal with the idea of still being on JV and being a senior. So I just said, you know what, enough is enough. But the other really distinct memory I have from my time on the lacrosse team was one day, also in the 10th grade, our coach told us we were going to be running a timed two miles and everybody grumbled. So obviously I grumbled too, because when you're 15 and all you want to do is fit in, you grumble when everybody else is grumbling. But secretly I was pumped because I liked running. Once I got over the initial shock and wanting to die of getting through tryouts and I got in shape a little bit, I realized running is something I can actually do. There's no ball. There's no strategy. I'm not worried about what the other girls are going to do. All I have to do is put one foot in front of the other. And that was something I could do. So I'm pretending not to be excited, coach blows the whistle, and we go. And right away, my friend Julia and I sort of establish ourselves as the leaders and at first, I was sure that it was a fluke, but we're at the half mile mark. We're at the mile mark. We turn around and I'm like, I'm still in front of everybody. And it's me and Julia shoulder to shoulder. And somewhere after the turnaround point in that final of the two miles, I just made a decision that I was going to beat Julia or die trying. <laughs> she did beat me by a shoulder. But I was, first of all, wanting to puke. I remember 
putting my knees, putting my hands on my knees and bending down and just wanting to vomit and simultaneously thinking, when can we do this again? This was so much fun, like in the worst, most painful way. So fun. Loved it. I think I also liked, you know, being good at something for the something athletic for the first time in my life was super validating. And even after I quit lacrosse, I continued to run. Like originally I started running because I wanted to get in shape for lacrosse. But as I continued, you know, it got easier and easier and it became fun. It was a stress reliever. It made me feel good, put me in a good mood. It was something I was good at. It was social. I started like running with my best friend before school on a lot of mornings early, early. It was great. Like I realized at 17, like this is a great way to just start my day. One thing led to another. I just kept running throughout the rest of high school, through college. And when I got to grad school, I ran my first marathon. That led to more marathons, which inevitably led to injuries, which led me to figuring out, well, what can I still do? How can I stay active even if I can't run as much as I want to? So from that point, I started taking a spin class at my gym. The manager at the gym was like, you know what? You'd make a good spin instructor. Would you like to come to this training and be a teacher? We need we need subs. And just as a aside, if you ever need me to do anything, just like flatter me and I will do it. I was like, oh, you think I'd be good at it? Well, sure. So I hopped on that opportunity, um, started swimming laps, even though I had no idea what to do. I just sort of taught myself terrible technique, but I was able to make it to the edge of the pool and back. So, so I'm on my spin bike. I'm doing laps. When I was, I want to say I was like 23, I got a tax return and I was like, all right, that's it. I'm buying a road bike because I had it in the back of my head, like someday I'm going to do a triathlon. And I knew that I would want to do it on a road bike. So I buy this bike. I'm all in. All my free time is spent on a road bike. More and more, you know, friends are asking me questions about bike shopping. People are asking me, hey, I want to like do my first 5K. Can you help me out with that? And I felt the need to sort of preface everything with, you know, oh, well, you know, I'm not really a runner or, oh, I'm not really a cyclist. That was weird because I was spending all my free time wearing some form of wicking material or spandex. It was to the point where I would see my friends that I would go on rides with or swim with at the supermarket, and we would joke that like we didn't even recognize each other in normal clothing. Clearly, I was a runner. Clearly, I was a triathlete. I mean, I was teaching group cycling classes at a number of gyms in town. There was no reason for me not to see myself as an athlete, and yet I didn't. Looking back, I think obviously... From the moment I set my mind on trying to beat my friend Julia in that time two miles, that was when I became an athlete. You know, that was when I discovered the absolute joy of pushing my body and seeing what my potential was. To me, that's part of what makes an athlete. But I didn't see that then. I sort of let mean girl numero uno write my story. Like, I didn't realize that I could rewrite it. All these things that I was doing, all the miles I was logging, all the yards I was swimming, I was just, you know, my self-talk was, oh, running is something I do. Cycling is something I do. I wasn't saying I'm a cyclist. I wasn't saying I'm a triathlete. Even when I finished my first Ironman, 
I want to tell you that when I crossed the finish line of my first Ironman in 2007, that was when I was 28, I would love to say I crossed through that finish line and I said, oh, now I'm an athlete. What I was thinking when I crossed that finish line was, oh man, I really want a slice of pizza. It took me a lot more time to really identify as an athlete. And it wasn't until I learned about imposter syndrome that things clicked for me. And I realized, oh, what I'm experiencing is something that a lot of people experience. This isn't unique to me. I'm not a fraud. This is me not owning any of my achievements. This is me not owning who I really am and what I'm really capable of. Imposter syndrome, which you're probably familiar with it, but if you're not, it's a the term was coined in the 1970s by a psychologist named Pauline Clance. And it's that feeling that anything that you've really achieved is a fluke. Any prestige you've acquired is not something that you've earned. It's the feeling that if people knew who you really were, that they would see you as a fraud. It's another way of saying you're insecure when you get out of your comfort zone. And the way I see it is kind of like a growing pain. Kids have growing pains. Well, so do adults. We always feel a little uncomfortable or maybe a lot uncomfortable right before we grow. I brainstormed different names for this podcast for an embarrassing amount of time before I finally found one. Honestly, like months, I was thinking about the name for this podcast. And one of the names that I ultimately decided not to use, but is a saying that I love coming back to when I'm feeling uncomfortable or out of my depth. I try to remind myself that fear is the price of growth. I'm gonna say that again, because I think it's really important. Fear is the price of growth. And that's one of the reasons I started this podcast was to let you know that the fear you feel when you're out of your comfort zone is normal. And not just that fear, but whatever issues you have around body image or that constant drive to keep doing, 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 whether that's work or exercise or cleaning or whatever it is, because there's a voice in your head telling you that you're not doing enough, that you're not enough. I want you to know you're not the only one who's dealing with that all the mental clutter and negative self-talk that you might have around your body and your relationship with food and exercise. Again, that's not just you. A lot of us are dealing with this. And my hope is to share stories from other women that will A, let you know you're not alone, and B, hopefully share stories and strategies that will inspire you to take the steps you need to take to be the best version of yourself. Because we were all meant to do more than worry if we're doing everything good enough. We are meant to do some amazing things and we're not gonna be able to do them well. We're not gonna be able to make the impact that we wanna make if we're stuck worrying if we're doing it perfect or worrying if we're good enough. What happens when you do that is you deprive the people who could benefit from your message from ever hearing it when you hold it inside and you wait until it's perfect and you doubt yourself and you go, oh, well, when I lose five more pounds, when I lose 10 more pounds, when I take that course, after I've taken that training, after I've written that book, all those things, I want you to know you have something to offer right now just as you are. And I hope that you'll keep listening. I hope my guests will inspire you. And I want to 
Thank you so much for listening and for being here. If you like what I have to say, if you want to hear more, if you want to help other badass women find this podcast, please, please, please rate it, review it, and or subscribe would make me so happy. And if there is a question that you have about fitness, about self-empowerment, about imposter syndrome, about body image, any of this stuff, please shoot me an email. Find me at pam at pam-more.com. I'd love to answer listener questions. And if you want to be a guest or if you know somebody who would be an amazing guest, please introduce yourself or send them my way. Thanks again and have a real fit day.